once verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 331 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Recorded live on Thursday, August 17th, and available for download or streaming on Monday, August 21st, 2017, at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. And in the recording booth is our audio engineer, Winters. Gwitch, everyone. All right, Tony, we've got a lot to cover this week. Why don't you tell us what we've got to look forward to? Well, first, we're going to check out more details on that special theatrical release of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and telling you about how you can meet up with us for it. We're also catching you up on the Star Trek Fan Film Academy and the latest news about Discovery. In Star Trek Online news, the Arena of Sompec event is back with the latest R&D pack promo. It's kind of a whopper. Then Winters and I also get a chance to weigh in on the announcement of Season 14. And as always, before we wrap the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Speaking of incoming messages, Captains, you know that we'd love to talk to you throughout the week. So reach out to us on our social media platforms like Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or find us on Twitter at Priority One Pod. If you'd like, you can even send us an email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. And I just want to take an opportunity once again to thank all of our Patreon supporters who keep the show operating uh, smoothly <laughs> from week to week. <laughs> we do really, really appreciate the support that you guys give us. You cover all of our costs. And you help us get to things like STLV for the last couple of weeks uh, where we can deliver you even better content. And keep your eyes peeled on our Patreon page. That's at patreon.com forward slash priority one. We're working on some new fun perks for you guys to have a look at. So once again, that's patreon.com forward slash priority one. And we do thank our Patreon supporters for all of their help over the last year. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. This year, we celebrate the 35th anniversary of Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. Arguably one of the top two of the best Star Trek films ever made, if not the best. Well, in celebration of its anniversary on September 10th and 13th, Fathom Events is holding a special screening of the digitally remastered director's cut and an exclusive interview with William Shatner. Now, more than 600 theaters nationwide throughout the United States will be participating. Now, we're less than a month away from the event, but we want this on your radar, Captains. Make plans, get groups together, show up in monster maroons. Then when you're at the theater, we want you to take a picture, a selfie, a short video message, whatever, and then send it over to us via social media. Just mention us at Priority One Pod if you're on Twitter or Priority One Podcast on Facebook. Now on September 10th, Jeff of Shore Leave Podcast and I will be joining several New York City Star Trek groups at AMC Empire 25 in Times Square, New York. 
Then, on September 13th, Jeff and I will hit up our local AMC in Hamilton, New Jersey for the 7 p.m. showing. So if you're around at either one of those, look us up on Facebook and reach out to us. Let's make this a thing. As always, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Prairie to One Podcast or forward slash Shore Leave Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Prairie to One Pod or at Tricorder Show. All this information, of course, will be in our show notes. So reach out. Let us know if you'll be showing up. I'll go to one of those. Yeah, you totally should, Tony. Come on. I'm going to go to one of those as well. I need to take a poll whether there are people, because if there are people in the Tampa area, I could do. I could go up to Tampa. I think that one of the theater chains that is supposed to be showing it is going to be was the the real the uh, Regal Theater chain. Yeah, they mm-hmm. just bought out Regal. a couple. Yeah, they just bought out a couple of our uh, Regal and chain. AMC. So yep. I'll locate a, one of the Regal theaters here in town, and I'll, I'll definitely go to one of those showings. You, t- you totally should, and make sure you take pictures, even maybe a Facebook live stream, or if some, I don't know, just do a little video. Something that slipped by us during our coverage of STLV-17 is that CBS is teaming up with producer James Cauley, the former Elvis impersonator turned Captain Kirk in the fan film series Star Trek New Voyages. Together you can sign up for a Star Trek film academy that Cauley describes as follows, quote, Learn the art of Star Trek filmmaking from those who made it, Kali said when announcing the initiative at Star Trek Las Vegas convention this weekend. From gaffing to costuming to special effects, fans will work side-by-side with talented Star Trek artists to create short vignettes from beginning to end. End quote. This is the first CBS-sanctioned fan filmmaking effort, and it falls outside some of the restrictions that the guidelines set forth for independent fan films. For instance, you can employ people who have worked on previous canonical productions of Trek. Details on the dates of the Academy or prices have not yet been announced. So this is very interesting. Now, Jason and I, since we're on the uh, pretty much northeast coast, have been talking about visiting Ticonderoga. It's really, I think it's a four or five hour ride from me and two hours from Jace. So we we might be doing some kind of little on-site news coverage, if we're allowed, um, from Ticonderoga. Um, I will say this, when I was at Vegas... I got the opportunity of, of touring the set, the TOS bridge set. Now, it could have been that I had a few in me, but <laughs> it was a very, very emotional experience. The lighting, the set design, the setting itself, the actual sets, sitting in the captain's chair, it was a really moving experience because this is where it all began, right? This is this is it. So I want to, exper- I want to experience that again, and I don't... I, I, and I think that I'm going to have that at Ticonderoga without so many drink. participating in any sort so, of so much, in any so sort much of alcohol. Drinking. <laughs> um, but um, have a yeah, flask I, with you just will, in case. You know, I mean, it, you know, just in case yes, you need some help with yes. that recreation. I'm looking forward to it, and I'd like to make those plans solid and maybe make an event of it. If any, there are any uh, Priority One listeners in the area that can make the drive, maybe we'll do like a group tour or something. Yeah, I, I think this is an excellent move by CBS. I mean, they went out of their way to sort of make a very structured uh, framework, let's call it, for how to not get their legal team uh, up all in your grill. And I think it uh, behooves them to have some sort of official sort of academy. Because what will happen is those people will go there, they'll learn some things, they'll kind of get the way to do it, and they'll bring it back home. And they'll teach other people mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And so people will get the formula. The formula will get out there. And, uh, and, you know, kudos to James Colley, who really sort of lit the first torch for this kind of high-quality fan production uh, uh, mm-hmm. endeavor. Uh, Star Trek Continues, I, I still think, is, like, a little bit better, but New Voyages was first. And so they, I'm sure they right. learned a lot from what New Voyages did. 
so, I, so good, uh, good on them and congratulations and I hope they do real well. Several months ago, we reported that Nicholas Meyer hinted at the fact that he was working on a new Star Trek project separate from Star Trek Discovery. Well, according to GeekExchange.com, two sources report to them that Myers is working on a limited or mini-series about Khan and his crew on SETI Alpha 5 after Kirk maroons them at the end of the episode Space Seed. So this is cool. This is not, this is not bad. But what got my spidey sense tingling is that the report suggests that Myers is or has been moving away from Discovery to start this new project which means that Discovery's kind of been on its own. Now, here's the other thing, too, is that during STLV, Kenna, when you were at the writer's panel, mm-hmm. did they ever mention Meyer's name? They may have done. I don't remember one way or the other, but it certainly wasn't a talking point. They, the, the talking was very much about, um, it was Kirsten Beyer and Ted Sullivan, and it was very much what they were doing in their experiences in the writer room, writing room, excuse me. And uh, I don't, so I don't remember. They didn't speak specifically about Nicholas Meyer, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. He's been gone for a long time, I think. Yeah. I mean, Fuller brought him in. And so when Fuller got, I mean, I'd see, it seems to me like that sort of storytelling that was proposed, the sort of anthology idea, that, that had, that, that, I think that was a, a, a creature of, of the, of the Fuller Myers, uh, Fuller Meyer uh, brain, uh, brain trust. And once it was gone, you know, it's like if you want to keep Meyer around, you better give him something he wants. And he probably, this, this right. con thing probably, he liked that. Uh, and I go back mm-hmm. to the fact that he's he's done Sherlock Holmes a bunch of times, and he's done the Star Trek cast a bunch of times. Once he gets in the head of characters, I think he likes to play in there, play in that in that field. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if this if he's been working on that for a while. Hey, hey, Tony. Yes. Are you okay? I I I might be. I I might be. We'll 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 see. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to give the show a chance. I mean, they did have Meyer and Fuller on there in the beginning, mm-hmm. and this last trailer was pretty all right. You know, yeah. I mean, it's. It does. I mean, I'll, I'll give it. I'm still going to give it a chance. And yeah, I think it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I think um, had you been at the panels, you would have felt a little, probably a little more faith in what's going on. It was very exciting to be in the room with them. Part of that might be like con fever and alcohol. There was no alcohol involved. No, thank no you very much. This was a, this was at four o'clock in the afternoon. Thank you very much. Four hours after um, decent people start drinking. <laughs> Why weren't you? No, but seriously, there was they, there was a lot of really good discussion. It was very is a set of very good panels that I think um, were extremely exciting. Now a lot of these panels are available now at CBS.com. Mm-hmm. You can actually watch the entirety of these panels. Uh, we'll throw links in the show notes if you haven't already found them. And if you have uh, nothing else better to do and you kind of want to get a one-on-one experience from the horse's mouth, then you're going to want to watch these panels. Speaking of Discovery, we're still a month away from the premiere of the new series, but executive producer Alex Kurtzman is already hinting towards a story arc for season two. <laughs> Kurtzman tells DigitalSpy.com, quote, Each season needs to be about a different thing. I wouldn't necessarily want to bring the Klingon War into Season 2. However, the results of the war are going to allow for a lot of new storytelling. That will be the result of everything that happens and the people that are left behind. The casualties. The things that have grown in Starfleet as a result of the war. That's what we'll inherit in the second season. End quote. 
He also hinted about additional Trek series, like Brian Fuller's proposed anthology series that Tony mentioned before. And he says those are, quote, totally possible, end quote. Now, the article goes on to describe other things about the series, and something that caught my attention was that he it points out that Michael Burnham has a unique opinion of the Klingons that we'll learn more about. I'm paraphrasing here. So, honestly, my guess is that Sarek discovers her and her dead parents after a Klingon attack on some kind of outpost or colony. Axenar? <gasps> maybe, maybe not, but... Axenar was the end of the war. And what I, it's funny that you bring it up because actually his quote leads me to think that they're going to they're gonna show us the end of the war because the way he's talking about it is at the end of season one, it's in the past tense. I mean, okay, this is total speculation and totally reading between the lines, but he's talking about the results of everything that happened and the casualties and um, things that have been left behind and things like that. So um, it, it, the thing is, if we're talking about the Klingon War and we're talking about seeing the end of the war, that is the Battle of Axanar. That's when Garth of Izar came in and ended the Klingon War and blah, 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 and then we moved on from there. So I hope, I hope that that's not what's happening here, that that wasn't just a huge major spoiler that he let go. But uh, interesting. But I do like your idea that potentially she was a casualty of, of, of the early parts of the Klingon War. We don't know how long that runs for. I would imagine so, because my guess is that her whole motivation is like, Klingon, you killed my parents. Prepare to die. Like, that's <laughs> going to be her whole motivation for, for season one. My name one. is Michael Burnham. Um, my name is Michael Burnham. You killed my parents. Prepare to die. Things are set to kill. Yeah, that w- I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction they take it, especially after his little the little slip there that she has a unique perspective on the Klingons or unique... But that wouldn't be unique. I mean, a lot of people have probably had their parents vaporized by naughty, naughty Klingons. That would not be a unique perspective. Well, yeah, I'm sure th- I'm sure some people have. None of, none of them who have a major storyline in a new series of Star Trek, Tony. While we're on the topic of Discovery, Jason Isaacs, who plays Captain Lorca of the Discovery, ruffled some feathers with some choice words for, quote, diehard Trekkies, unquote. In a gossip column in the New York Daily News, Isaacs is quoted as saying, quote, I don't mean to sound irreverent when I say I don't care about the diehard Trek fans. I only don't care about them in the sense that I know they're all going to watch anyway. I look forward to having the fun of them being outraged so they can sit up all night and talk about it with each other, end quote. The column goes on to report that Isaacs explained that the new show will, quote, throw away the legacy of William Shatner and Patrick Stewart, end quote. This got the attention of Mr. Shatner on Twitter, and an exchange between he and Isaacs ensued. Long story short, Isaacs is a hard-ass on screen and off, and isn't afraid of ruffling feathers by alienating some fans. In fact, he doubles down and says that he doesn't, quote, care about attracting the diehard fans, end quote. To him, we're already in the barrel, which... To be fair, is mostly true. Can I just say that this quote makes me extremely happy? No, and, and this is not the tone that I get from it. He doesn't. Uh, I I kind of watch this from the sidelines. I've stopped following William Shatner because he gets mad at a lot of stuff for a lot of different reasons. But this, yeah, he does. Yeah, but this one, uh, the, <laughs> but this one, um, Isaac's is like he doesn't need to worry about bringing in the audience. That audience is already going to show right. up. So he doesn't care about attracting yeah. fans. He just, you know, he, he, but he wants people to be. Engaged, and he's not wrong. No, and honestly, no, he's not. if if he's gonna act like a jerk to to give us fodder to to uh, what was the quote? Sit up all night and talk about it with each other. Okay, sure. 
I know. I'm cool yeah. with that. We <laughs> we, we, have, we literally we have do a, that. A weekly show that, 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 has, <laughs> to, that has to go we've out. Had, so. We've had a weekly show for several years. So, yes. yay. <laughs> this was my point when I was making uh, foundry missions and stuff. Is that if you if you're angry, you know you've hit something. Mm-hmm. If, if you if you walk away <laughs> yeah. remembering it and being mad about it, have an opinion. You know, it touched you some way. Yep. Now, with all this talk about new series and spin-offs and parodies, it really makes you wish that that Galaxy Quest revival was back in the works, doesn't it? Well, by Grapthar's hammer, it is! <laughs> According to Hollywood Reporter, Amazon's revival is back on track, this time with writer-actor-comedian Paul Shear picking up the pen to write the script. The articles explain that it's not clear whether much of the original cast from the film, like Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver or others, will be reprising their roles, but we can only hope. I'm glad that Amazon didn't give up or surrender. You know, I uh, I heard that Brent Spiner kind of likes that movie. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Another story for After Hours. <laughs> You know, uh, I think I've already got a remake of Galaxy Quest going here. It's called The Orville. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, it may, my itch may be uh, scratched uh, with that. I don't know. I don't know. I think The Orville is going to be a little bit different. The Orville seems very much in-universe, whereas uh, The Galaxy Quest, the whole, the whole, not the whole thing, but part of the reason it was funny was that interplay between the real world and the in-universe world. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I hear that there's a few of those actors that haven't got much to do at the moment, so we might get lucky. Well, there was another article on, uh, I think, Slasher Films that, that said that they had sources suggesting that this would almost be like a um, a passing of the torch to a new crew of the NSCA protector. Mm. So, like, the original characters may have a cameo, because remember, we lost Alan Rickman. That's so the number one reason why I don't want a remake. Right. Mm. So... So we'd be missing Alan Rickman. This may be, you know, a passing of the torch to a new crew. In which case, what story are they going to tell? Because the 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 charm of Galaxy Quest wasn't that they were wasn't only that they were the actors of the show, but that the actors got pulled into this real life spectacle happening in real galactic space, right? Yeah. Like how do yeah. they handle this as earthling actors? And that was part of the charm of it in addition to the, them parodying their Star Trek counterparts. So I don't know I don't know what this revival might look like, number one. Number two, I kind of feel like this is, in fact, reactionary to the Orville. Big yeah. time. Well, if you've, if you've got the license to do it, you, you probably want to have a crack at it while it's... Right. Because the market is there. While Discovery is on, on the air, while Discovery is new and fresh, there's going to be an appetite for that sort of show. I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to get a little scared of all these, like, we're doing uh, this show and that show, and we're gonna we're planning this show and that show, and the spinoff and, and a con one and a anthology series. I'm like, all right, all right, slow down. Let's get, let's get Discovery right before we start, you know, before we start planning new shows, please. Let's not forget that Discovery was delayed for quite some time to get it, quote, air quotes, perfect. Um, let's, 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 let's settle back. Let's just watch a few episodes and see how, what the audience reception is before we start talking about spinoffs and stuff. And therefore, that wraps up all the major headlines from the Star Trek multiverse this week. Now, let's get into our gaming recap in Star Trek Online News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. 
Well, Captains, as you may have guessed, the big news for Star Trek Online over the last couple weeks came during their panel at STLV. Among other things, Season 14 was announced, and LeVar Burton will be reprising his role as Geordi LaForge in at least two featured episodes. While we brought you the audio and a few interviews, we never got to talk about it ourselves on this show, so in a few minutes, we're going to do just that. But first, let's bring you up to speed on current events. Coming back for a three-week run is the Arena of Sompek Event Q, the Kobayashi Maru of ground content. You and four captains are thrown wave after wave of enemies, each growing stronger. The longer you last, the more rewards you earn. For this event, you have an option between a timed queue and, for those looking for a challenge, an untimed battle. This event does come with a new event reputation project that requires you to earn Merit of Sompek, which you can earn by participating in the queue once every 20 hours. Now, 14 of this new currency, Merit of Sompek, earns you the standard rewards for this event type. 50,000 dilithium, 500 fleet marks, henceforth referred to as flarks, 250 marks of your choice, and the special Sompek Pulse Wave Ground Weapon. You also get normal rewards every time you play, marks, dilithium, and R&D materials that scale depending on how many levels you complete. As I mentioned earlier, this is a three-week event, running now and ending on September 7th. One thing I do want to note about this is you need to get past level three in order to gain any rewards whatsoever. So you have to get past level three. If you don't, you'll end up with nothing. How hard is it, though, to get past level three, though? Not that hard. Having said that, I was with a very special team earlier on today, <laughs> and um, it proved rather challenging. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. My son's been playing it. He said that basically his job at, uh, on one of them was just to hide, because he was like the only guy that just wasn't vaporized more or less outright. So was, he basically just spent a lot of the time playing the game, hiding. Everybody else did the Leroy Jenkins and charged <laughs> in. So he just was trying to keep the instance open. Well, it was supposed to be a Sona-exclusive R&D pack promotion has now become an Infinity R&D promotion. That means when you open an R&D promo pack available for purchase in the C-Store, you have the chance of earning 10 Lobi, or one of several highly sought-after T6 ships. It's quite a long list, but we're talking ships like the 23rd Century Temporal Light Cruiser, the Jem'Hadar Strike Ship, the 26th Century Ships, it's all there, so good luck, Captains. Like the Arena of Sompek event, it's running now and ends September 7th. So, I wonder if this was like a mistake that they actually were like, oh, well, I'll leave it in. Might as well. Because they've never done this with the R&D packs, right? It's never been an infinity R&D pack where, they're, where all the previous sought-after ships were available, right? Uh, yeah, it was, it's, they've done infinity lockbox, but not the R&D promotion. I get um, a couple of these promotions, uh, this one and the Arena of Sompek, are kind of, they're kind of parking there now through the 7th of September, and I think they're just trying to make it awesome enough stretch. to keep them going for a few a few weeks yeah. until yeah. Uh, until our next release. Now, you either get 10 Lobi or one of these ships, right? Yep. That's pretty much how it works? Yep. Yeah, but so, the, it's it's like a ninety nine point nine percent chance of low buy, and right. then a chance know, of the right, ship. Yeah. And you also get because this is an R and D pack. You also get the normal R and D pack. You know, it's it's right. like right. these are the these are the things on top of your normal R and D pack that you're getting. That's what makes it not gambling. 
<laughs> That's right. It is not gambling because when you um, because you're buying an R and D pack and it's a special bonus for a limited time only. Eh, there's this thing might happen. You're automatically entered mm-hmm. to win. And uh, no, this is no accident. Yeah, this is no accident because of that twenty uh, third uh, century Constitution class. I am sure yeah, that the Connie's in there. Yeah, that alone justifies them doing this little uh, promotion right there because I'm sure that's Christmas bonus time. And don't forget the Enterprise J is in there as well. So those are two mm-hmm. yeah, very sort ship. of... It's kind of big, <laughs> but terrible. it is, you know, it's a highly sought-after cannon ship. So it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of really good ships in there. So if you have missed your chance and you're, and you're after one, that potentially is a, is a way to get it. This will, at the very least, bring down some of the prices in the <laughs> no, <well>. exchange, <laughs> I would imagine. No way. Well, no? all right, okay. I'll tell you something now. I was online earlier and I said I'd check out the prices of the Jemadar strike ship because I would like one I don't have one and there were none on the exchange however there was three T5 bug ships on the exchange for 1.5 billion EC what? Yeah. for a tier 5? get out of here man. somebody three very unlucky people are going to get burned with that thinking that they're buying the T6 when it's actually the T5. The T5. Oof. Uh, that's messed up. Ouch. Read yeah. the fine print, kids. Mhm. Yeah. Read mm-hmm. the fine print. Well, speaking of ships, the new one to be introduced with this R&D promotion is the Sonar Collector Science Dreadnought. Now, this is a visually screen-accurate ship that was seen in the next-generation film, Star Trek Insurrection. Now, it's the one with the big sail-looking things that collected metaphasic radiation from the Baku planet, if you remember. Uh, So this ship has got a couple of stats that I want to talk to you about. So the first one, it's got an innate ability called Deploy Consumption Array. Now, this is basically what it does in the film. You deploy these big sails, uh, it gains an increase to drain expertise and you can absorb some incoming energy damage and after a certain amount of time it emits this big thermolytic radiation burst. Now that heals your hull and it deals radiation damage to your enemies. However, while these sails are deployed as you might expect, you will be significantly slower, you can't turn as well, and you can't use your full impulse. Uh, the, the cool thing about this ability that I kind of like is that once you've deployed the sails, it kind of stays there until you put them away. It's very like, this is very like it would be <laughs> in real life, if, you know, real life. So I, I kind of like that. I think that's really creative and a new thing that they're doing. Uh, now, it's also got a console called the Thermolytic Injector, which is an explosive device. It kind of goes out and then explodes and causes uh, radiation damage to your enemies. Now, it also adds a third piece to the Sonar technology set, which reduces the recharge time of all of the consoles in that set. There's also a starship trait called Collect and Consume. For this one, activating any drain ability pulls enemies within five kilometers even closer to you and it causes them damage. So that as well is kind of cool. Um, and then of course, because this is a science ship, it comes with assault fighters, which is really nifty. Now, I, I like... They're continuing what they're doing with these, making them sort of screen accurate and kind of nifty in different ways. I like it. I just realized that that's two movies in a row where the ship the enemy ship opens up fans on the side right because you have the sona one and then you have in star trek nemesis the, oh, the scimitar. scimitar yeah wow way to reuse a trope yeah someone was inspired by jurassic park like very cobra right jurassic park <laughs> raptor it's kind of thing. i'm just really glad that also didn't bring back the joystick 
So, I mean, they, would, they did make some good choices on Nemesis as far as that goes. Well, Captains, as always, patch notes can be a little dry, but we go through them to point out some of the more important changes to the game this week. Weapons bought on the 23rd Century Earth space dock are now tradable. And as teased during Star Trek Las Vegas, the Miracle Worker Engineering Captain Power is now Miraculous Repairs. It's only a change in text, but as they said, they changed the name. Yeah, that's to make room for the new primary specialization, which is going to be called Miracle Worker. Right, they should yes. have been something like uh, overestimated repair time. I mean, that's because that was Scotty's magical power, and he confessed to it in that episode. Right, I mean, right. that's really what his power was. Yes. It's like, oh man, that's gonna that's eight weeks. That's eight weeks, Captain. I can't do it. I cannot do it. You know, no, it's a quarter of that. <laughs> well, speaking of STLV, uh, Tony Winters, you guys didn't have a chance to weigh in on any of the new information that we had. Um, so, should we cover some of that ground? Sure. Okay. What do you think about LeVar Burton making mm-hmm. a reprisal of Geordi LaForge? It's good. Al's getting his collection filled in. You know, he's, he's getting his little paper dolls tacked he's up. Almost got bingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just about. And I like how he's starting off with the ver- with like the low rank TNG, right? Because the very first season, you know, Geordi was like a Lieutenant JG and Yar was a... Uh, lieutenant and Worf was a Lieutenant JG. You know, he's working his way up the ranks. I think that's that's appropriate, you know, uh, heading up to those uh, those commanders and lieutenant commanders. Yeah, I think it's nice uh, that they're getting LeVar Burton to do the do the featured episodes. Um, it's long overdue. Like, all right, we've had uh, Denise Crosby, Sela, mm-hmm. but yep. that that's really been it for a really, really long time. It's nice to see TNG getting some love. Mm-hmm. Now, Winters, what did you think of all the fleet announcements? So, for instance, the new the new holding that is not a star base, but is a, a new holding. Yeah, it's that is tier five. It's a colony that's going to be or have t- five tiers. I think it's good. It's going to be something for max level fleets to work on, and we'll keep them engaged for say about a year at least. I. How does the priority one armada feel about it? Seem pretty okay with it. Um, it's going to help with the overall Armada level, so we'll get higher Dilithium discounts and uh, skill point bonuses. Mm-hmm. What I'm interested in is probably some more finer details, like if it's going to benefit the Armada in any particular way, like let's say the Dilithium mine, uh, for example. We've talked about it before on the podcast how the costs for a single day's worth of projects is absolutely astronomical at the moment and now adding in a new five tier holding is going to jump that up significantly and Mm. it'd be nice if they added in some discounts you know tied into the actual holding itself yeah i suppose we just need a little bit more information we don't know really what kind of gear is going to be available from it if there's going to be any Mm -hmm. ships yeah there's you know there's still a lot of information that we don't have yet well, guys, we totally missed you during Star Trek Las Vegas and throughout all those interviews, but um, I missed you we're guys glad too. you're as excited as we are for, for what's coming down the pike in Star Trek Online. There's one thing we didn't talk about. And what is that? The tease. Don't you remember the trailer? The tease? The big tease? Stinger. The little, the little, the little nugget at the end of the trailer. What do you That's think? Right. That's right. It's the one quadrant we haven't gotten, you know, a peek into yet. Yeah. Yeah. They're out of quadrants after this one. Better make it a good one. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, technically speaking, I think... Okay, let's... Well, never mind. It's If you look at it in three dimensions, like, there's got to be more than four quadrants, you know? Dude, like, come on. Anyway. No, they're quadrants. There's four quads. No, that's true, actually. You can't... But right they shouldn't the be square. Anyway, three dimensions. Anyway, you're right. Yes, we have not gone into the gamma quadrant yet. And no, yeah, the wormhole so and the ship's coming the out and the DS9 and it's... Kind of exciting because people have been asking for it for ages, and you guys are very like meh right now. <laughs> right? Oh, okay, here I don't want to. Hold on a second. No, I don't want to go to the Gamma Quadrant, man. That's because you don't I'm like so DS9. Okay. Young man, hang on young man, young man, you're gonna get in the car. You're gonna be quiet. And you're gonna ride to the Gamma Quadrant. That's where your family's going. That's where we're going. We've discussed this. Don't make me pull over. I don't wanna. Half of the people are looking to go to the Gamma Quadrant. The other half want the Dominion as a new playable faction. And then there's Elijah. <laughs> really doesn't want any of it. Just doesn't want it. <laughs> All right. He's, he's out there on his own. It's kind of like Laser Tag last year when he was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's on his own. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. Well, on a team all by himself. We will just have to wait for more information from Cryptic Studios to see what the heck is what that was all about. But we're, it looks like whatever's happening is going to happen back on Deep Space Nine, and we're going to have to go <laughs> back and fight the Dominion and do all these things. And I'm that's okay because Steer and Ira Baron knows how I feel about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So moving on, going back to Star Trek Online. It's time for this week's top tip. In an effort to lend a hand to new players, or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's my weekly top tip. This week I'm going to talk about some duty officers that you can get from your replicator. Many players don't realize that for each commendation rank in engineering, medical, and military makes a holographic duty officer available for purchase in the replicator. Rank 1 in Engineering, for example, unlocks a common quality damage control engineer. Rank 2 unlocks an uncommon quality one. Rank 3 unlocks a rare quality one. And Rank 4 unlocks a very rare quality damage control engineer. Medical unlocks a doctor, and as before, each subsequent rank earned unlocks a higher rarity. And finally, Military unlocks an assault squad officer. Since these duty officers come from the replicator, you are charged energy credits when purchasing them. Common quality duty officers cost only 1,000 EC. Uncommon costs 10,000 EC. Rare duty officers cost 100,000 EC. And finally, very rare duty officers cost 1 million EC. And you can only purchase each DOF once. For more information, we will leave a link in the show notes at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO331. And finally, in Priority One Armada news, we've got two new admirals in the Priority One Alpha fleet. So join us in congratulating Sean for earning his promotion to Vice Admiral, and Hunter for earning his promotion to Admiral. And don't forget, Captains, with this new colony coming out with the next season or half season of Star Trek Online, join the Priority One Armada. It'll be less expensive for you to participate. Well, that's it for this week's Star Trek Online news. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. No community question for episode 330, but our listeners never disappoint. Here's some of what you had to say. 
From Facebook, Don Branham said, I was really impressed with the cinematography, writing, and acting in the Star Trek Continues fan series. Vic simply nails Kirk, probably as well as Bill Shatner ever did. The themes and tone of the episodes are loyal to the original series, and the set reconstruction and special effects make it feel like you're watching TOS all over again. It's also worth noting that Vic and Chris Duen both have voice acting roles in Star Trek Online, with Chris acting as Scotty and Vic acting as Admiral Garrett in the Agents of Yesterday episodes. And Kip Lee Brown is Kumarke, and uh, uh, Michelle, Michelle Specht, Specht is I'm in sure there. Is in there. Michelle Specht was in there. Yep, I don't remember yep. where, where she was. Pretty much uh, all of them. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, really talented and nice group of people. And yeah, my mom watched the first episode of that one, and she was like, yeah, they, they nailed it. And she was watching the original ones in the 60s. So yeah, they really did. Uh, and, and all in it's the, brilliant, actually. Yeah. It's brilliant, actually, the cast of characters. They've got Grant Imahara as Sulu. I believe John Champion's been on there once in one of their earlier episodes. And along that same vein, from Tyler Maxwell on the Star Trek Online forums, he says, Shame to hear that Star Trek Continues will be finishing its run soon. Unhappy face. I really think that their last episode, What Ships Are For, starring John Delancey as Not Q, is one of the standouts of the series. Yes, I plan on binge-watching that whole series uh, right before they have their two-parter finale. Is that what's coming up? Uh, is what you guys are reporting? So, uh, yeah, I... I I'm sad to see it end too, but they—if CBS was going to have any sort of teeth to their guidelines, or whatever Star Trek continues does not fit. So uh, them grandfathering in the last couple of episodes was uh, awfully nice of them, but um, probably can't last. From Facebook, Daniel DiGiorgio wrote in: "I love your two-part STLV podcasts. I love you had so much content for those of us unable to attend. Well done, and thank you." So excited for the last two episodes of Star Trek Continues. It's a fantastic series, and the stuff you shared really gets me amped even more to see the final two shows. And we had a reply from Star Trek Continues via our Facebook saying we can't wait to share them. Thank you. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Marques says, Finally able to sit down and listen to both episode 329 and 330, binging. Thanks in advance, you guys. I haven't even started yet, but I know Priority One never disappoints. Veteran listener here. I may not comment each week, but I do listen either live or recorded versions. Good times always. Okay, time to kick out the wife, break out the popcorn, and turn up the volume so I can feed my Trek nerdism. Happy face. Cheers from Holland, Marques. Now, I would I would just like to point out, we do not recommend kicking out your spouses, in order to listen to our show, I I appreciate the sentiment, but you know, family comes first. Your mileage may vary. It may be best to isolate yourself while listening, especially if you want to argue with the hosts while you're listening. I, I've done that sometimes with podcasts. You know. Now going back to Facebook, our original post for episode 329 got a lot of comments and a lot of interactions. We are so happy about it, and we wish that we can include all of it. First of all. I have to give a big thanks to everybody who gave me the thumbs up for the panel moderation for Star Trek Online. Um, Not going to lie, I was nervous. Public speaking and music theater, stage performance are are two different things. Uh, But I'm so very grateful that you guys enjoyed it and that I didn't make a fool of myself or of Star Trek Online. So, look, I walked away a Disney princess. I'm okay with it. So just highlighting a few of those comments on Facebook, Johnny Simpson wrote in, Oh my God, Ira Stephen Bear just dropping in to talk about what we left behind. Smiley face with heart eyes. 
Also thrilled to hear Eagle Moss will be doing large discovery models. Cannot wait to get my hands on those. So that's awesome and exciting. Yeah, Kenna, you know, you are... Your mommy privileges and poppy privileges have been revolved for quite a long time, okay? You loved it. You loved every second of it. Actually, it took you about three days to realize that that was actually good radio. And then you were like, oh, it's it okay was, yeah. now. But yeah, it, was, it, did, it definitely took a little while. Three, three days that they didn't talk to each other. <laughs> it was the best bit of the show. It was a, and overall, it was a good show. So to call that the best bit of the show, uh, it was a good bit. Also from Facebook, Daniel DiGiorgio, who commented on a different post above, commented on our CBS All Access post and said, just use your link to sign up. So thank you very much, Daniel. That's a really, really big help. And for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, if you go onto our website, PriorityOnePodcast.com, you'll see a banner to sign up for CBS All Access. And if you click on that banner and use that to sign up for CBS All Access so that you can watch Discovery, uh, we get a little bit of a kickback from that. So if you would do that, if you're planning on signing up, if you could do it through our site we would really really appreciate the help with no additional cost to you and we get a one-time commission at when you continue to subscribe and that's it you know it's not something that is at an additional cost to you 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 know you're going to sign up for star trek discovery anyway and cbs all access if you do we would you know as much as i am vocal again vocally against it i'm gonna have to do it too because we have to cover it we would appreciate you doing it through our, our affiliate link. So thank you very much. It's a bullet we've got to bite. And we appreciate it if you do it through our affiliate link. So thank you very much. Speaking of our Star Trek Las Vegas coverage, Shore Leave podcast tweeted us, be sure to listen to at Priority One Pod's coverage of STLV. Kenna and Elijah do a phenomenal job of breaking things down. Thank you to our friends over at Shore Leave podcast. You know, it's funny. I met up with Jeff a few days ago. We had a beer and we were talking about all the awesome things that we can start doing in our Jer- central Jersey area. So I'm really looking forward to collaborating more with Shoreleaf Podcast in the near future, especially for the Wrath of Khan. And, of course, from PriorityOnePodcast.com, no feedback section would be complete without Sean Newboy saying, wonderful episode, so many excellent interviews. And on Twitter, I got to welcome back a few of our listeners like Graham Armitage, who's about three months behind. It's great to know that you're picking us back up on your weekly routine. Hopefully you enjoy what we've been producing over the last three months. And also to Matt from Virginia, who was at Star Trek Las Vegas, who hadn't been listening to the show for a while, but ended up becoming a Patreon supporter, for which we are so very grateful. Uh, So a big shout out to Matt as well. Hey, I would uh, give a, a big shout out to uh, to David S., who's another one of our Patreon supporters, actually, because I ended up being on the same flight as David on the way out of Las Vegas, and uh, we had a coffee and hung out, and it was it was cool. It was our flight was delayed like a couple of hours, so it was nice to have some company. And uh, one last shout out to Memer Ranglout, or Meme Ranglout. Can you tell us how to pronounce your name, please? Yes, we're, please. we're so very sorry. But <laughs> but somebody was looking for a Star Trek podcast, and not only did he recommend Mission Log, but he also recommended Priority One Podcast and Women at Warp. So a big thanks uh, for that recommendation. We, it's that word of mouth that really keeps us going. Well, that wraps up episode 331 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. We hope that you enjoyed all of our coverage from Star Trek Las Vegas 2017. 
And we are very excited for some of the conventions coming up and events, including the Wrath of Khan anniversary screenings happening on September 10th and 13th, as well as the New Jersey Parsippany Convention happening at the end of September. And let's not forget New York Comic Con in October. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Women at Warp, go to podcasts.roddenberry.com. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Thursday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, you can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to PriorityOneArmada.com and sign up today. And don't forget that every Saturday night, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel for some in-depth playthroughs of Star Trek Online. Follow us on twitch.tv forward slash Priority One. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. And don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' God Frequency Podcast at GodFrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many more. If you like this show, then listening to God Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, and support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Sweet Media. Speaking of Jake Morgan, a big thanks to him for spearheading all of our social media endeavors and extracurricular activities. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producer, Navy Boatslew. But most importantly, Captains, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. I'm Elijah. And I, oh, oh, crap. I'm Kenna. <laughs> I forgot we had more people. And I'm Tony. <laughs> no, can we, can we? Bidet, okay. bidet. I'm Elijah. Bidet. I'm Kenna. And I'm Tony. <laughs> All right. And in the recording booth is our audio engineer, 
Winters. Cheek <laughs> witch, everyone. This is, this is off the we forgot, we, forgot we had other people. That's totally, we're no, just jerk you faces. Forgot. You, no, forgot. you forgot. You forgot. You forgot. You were ready to I go straight into the recap. You were like, nope. man. Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. My brother's cousin's ex-wife's girlfriend told me. <laughs> totally said. That Nick Myers was totally making her at the concert age. Then ha, ha, Brian ha, ha, Fuller ha, ha. came into the room and he was like, girl? And then that was, oh my god. Bidet, bidet, bidet. Bidet, oh, he's getting grumpy. Shh, shh, bidet. Bidet. He's cute when he's grumpy. Uh, he is. Uh, <laughs> uh, Especially when he stumps his little feet. <laughs> She's seen it. <laughs> You see that? I don't want to go back to the room. I want to keep drinking. <laughs> that literally. Jocelyn said we had to release the Kraken. <laughs> what? <laughs> Apparently, that's something he should have saved for the after hours. Because now he just lost Cannon. He just what lost Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. Okay.